Good morning. How are you guys today? Good. Well, as John said, my name is John Hughes, and uh, thank you for your generous words. Um, And I'm excited to be here with you. Just a little bit about me. I live out in the southwest suburbs, um, Naperville, Oswego area. Uh, My wife, Lindsay, and I have been married for 21 years now, and we have three kids. And uh, they're um, boy, girl, boy, 17, 15, and 11. So we are like, like right in that stage where uh, we're going to start sending uh, people off to school here in just about an, another year or so. Um, it's, re- it's great to be here with you, and uh, let's just jump, jump right in. So last week was Halloween. Um, did everybody get candy, all the candy that they wanted, <laughs> right? Or pass out candy? Um, I know uh, in our neighborhood, what we do is we partner with our neighbors to try to make our little section of our neighborhood the best part of Halloween for kids. And so what we do is we set up a table and um, put up a um, cotton candy machine so that kids can come and get food. And our neighbors, they'll do uh, full-size hot dogs. And so it is a great time, lots of Lots of what you see are people stopping by and they'll stand around and talk and we'll look at all the costumes and talk to the kids about, you know, who they are and who their favorite character is. And it's just a ton of fun. And uh, I did some reading this week and found out that, did you know that this year we spent $2 billion more on Halloween than we did last year, and like $1.3 billion more than we did back in 2019? We love Halloween. And, and I think actually one of the, my neighbors just around the corner from me is responsible for half of that uptick in spending. Uh, he has like this werewolf in his front yard in a cage and a bunch of other stuff, and Um, But we like this holiday. It's fun to dress up as your favorite character. Um, But then also all the themes of of people and characters and stories that go just a little bit beyond us, right? Like the superheroes, the supernatural phenomenon that we can't explain. I think that that's an area of interest um, that we see not only at Halloween, but um, across, across the board, in all of our culture, I think we're, we're really fascinated with the supernatural. Um, I know for me, growing up, I used to watch The X-Files. Yeah. Anybody else? Isn't that just eerie music, right? Um, I love that. Um, I also grew up in the 90s, uh, and I watched the, uh, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? Anybody a big fan of, of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Our oldest is, his name is Xander, but he's not named after Xander, but um, nevertheless. Um, now, I will say that the l- great love of my high school life was Buffy Golvis, who was just down the locker row on my left, um, but she, I don't think she was a fan of the movie, but Yeah, Buffy. Um, And then finally, the thing that brings us all together, probably one of the best shows on TV right now or on Netflix right now, is Stranger Things. Any any fans? Stranger Things? I mean, what's better than 80s kids beating up aliens or whatever those things are um, there? So we can't wait for the the season to start. Our whole family um, loves to jump in and, and watch that. 
So I bring all of this up because I think, as I said, we are captivated by this kind of phenomenon, the supernatural or, or things that we can't explain. And what we've been talking about in our, our series, we've been going through the series where we've, we've, we've said, like, what is it that Christians believe? And the topic for today is the Holy Spirit, that a mysterious, supernatural character in that story, and I would also say often misunderstood, misunderstood or, or even just forgotten, right? And, and I think some of the reason why the Holy Spirit as a person and as a topic is forgotten for us is um, for two reasons. One is language, right? All of our, our language about God, all the ways that we understand God um, are by analogy, right? We can talk about God as Father, right? And that's a, that's a reality, that's an experience that we've all had, um, or we can look at that and see what that's like. Um, we also would say we talk about Jesus as the Son. That's also uh, an analogy that makes sense to us, but sometimes when we come to the Holy Spirit, we use analogies like wind or fire or the Holy Spirit coming down like a dove. All of that is a little more um, confusing, confusing. And if you grew up in a church like I did, you know, we just, um, we sometimes use the language Holy Ghost, right? Because it rhymed better in different church songs. Um, and so that sounds actually a little scary, especially for kids. So some of our language around the Holy Spirit is um, confusing. And I think also our experience can be um, a little confusing around the Holy Spirit. Um, I grew up in a church where we really didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was just sort of a fixture in our theology. Um, there have been other experiences, though, that I've had kind of on the other end of that, where I've been around people who uh, that's all they ever talked about was the Holy Spirit. And they were, um, you know, and I even had experiences where people would come up to me and they would say, hey, I think the Holy Spirit wants me to tell you this. And then I would think, wow, well, that's what you've been saying to me forever, <laughs> right? You've said that to me last week and the week before, and, and it wasn't from the Holy Spirit, but it just kind of felt like they wanted to, to, to say something to me, and, um, and, and now they're kind of using the God card. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Like, like it kind of just felt wrong or icky or, or just weird or, or confusing. And I think sometimes that's the experience that we have around the Holy Spirit. So we might just be like, you know what? I'm fine just kind of leaving that topic alone for now. Well, if you fall into one of those camps or anywhere in between or if you're a little skeptical, uh, that's okay. Uh, I saw this week that there um, was a poll done by the Barna Group and they found that 62% of people who identify as Christian um, have a lot of questions around the Holy Spirit too. And they would say that they don't, uh, would say that the Holy Spirit is not a person but is a symbol of God's power. So no matter what you think about the Holy Spirit or where you are on your journey, we're all on, on one. You, it's okay to be here and to wrestle with this um, together. Um, but that's the question that we've got today. Who is the Holy Spirit? And what role does the Holy Spirit have in the story of King Jesus and his kingdom community? Well, last week the message was all about Jesus. Um, it was all about Jesus and how he came and uh, dwelt among us, that he came announcing the kingdom of God, that he died and was buried and rose again and then ascended into heaven. 
But before Jesus did those things, before he was crucified, he met with his disciples. And we have in John chapter 14, one of the largest blocks of Jesus' teaching. And, and this is just a small portion of it that I want to draw our attention to. Um, Jesus, speaking to his disciples, says, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And that is the Spirit of truth. The, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be with you. Okay, so... So in this story here, Jesus is getting ready to depart. He's getting his disciples ready for that. And, and notice what he says here. He says, I'm sending you another advocate. It's like Jesus is saying, I have been an advocate for you, and I'm going to send you another advocate, and that is the Holy Spirit. It's like Jesus is saying, I have been your teacher. I am the master. I am the, the king. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you another advocate who's going to live in you and with you. And that advocate is going to be like a tutor, like a mentor who's going to come into your life and is going to come alongside you and help you live out the way of Jesus. And so from that kind of basic idea in these, this text here, I want to draw out three smaller ideas that um, kind of come together here in what Jesus has to say. And it's simply this, the three Ps for today. We're going to talk about how the Spirit is a person, the Spirit is present, and the Spirit wants to bring power into our lives. Okay, so the first thing that I want to mention is that the Holy Spirit is a person. And I want you to notice just a couple things. So the pronouns that Jesus uses here our, our personal pronouns. He uses the pronoun he. So he's talking about the Holy Spirit as a person. He also talks about the, per, as the, the Holy Spirit as an advocate. Let, that's one that's like him that will come and live with them and lead them. Um, when I say person, I don't mean, and what I mean by that is that the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is is not an impersonal force like in Star Wars, right? Like we're all familiar with like use the force Luke, right? Um, that's not the image that the New Testament is painting about the Holy Spirit. Um, but, but that the Holy Spirit is a person, meaning that the Holy Spirit can relate to other beings. A couple other passages that are relevant to us. Acts 13, it says that the Spirit can communicate. You can see it on the screen in some way, the Spirit uh, communicates wisdom and direction. In Ephesians 4, we see that the Spirit can be grieved, that the Spirit can um, experience emotions. Now, there are other images of the Holy Spirit, like wind or fire or dove, uh, but I think if you bring all those metaphors together, we, you still have a mysterious person in the Spirit, but not one that cancels out the personhood of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is is a person that we can relate to. But the Holy Spirit isn't just a person. The Holy Spirit is a divine person. Uh, there's a theologian by the name of Graham Cole who puts it this way, that the Holy Spirit is as much deity as is the Father, as is the Son, but distinct as a person from both. And so if we kind of go back all the way to week one, we talked about 
the Trinity. The, the Trinity in the, in the, in the Christian tradition um, says that God is three persons in one and that the Holy Spirit is one part, one person in the Godhead. And, and the way, one thing that maybe might be helpful to us is the, some, one ancient theologian put it this way. Um, they said that the Father loves the Son and the Son reciprocates the love back to the Father and that the Holy Spirit is the relationship of love between the Father and the Son. Now, I kind of feel like the Holy Spirit gets ripped off a little bit in that analogy. Um, it's not my favorite analogy or a way of thinking about it, but I think what I hear, you know, this is like St. Augustine. He's wrestling with um, a couple things. One is that it's the Holy Spirit that, in some sense, completes the love of God, but also opens up the love of God to the world. Right? The Holy Spirit is that relational person in the Trinity between Father and Son and to the world. Does that make sense? Do you hear what I'm saying? Like for them, they were wrestling with how do we think about God, but how do we think about the Spirit and how the Spirit relates to the rest of the world? And it was fundamentally relational. That the Holy Spirit, and this is the way I would put it, that the Holy Spirit is the one that makes God real to us. So if you've ever felt like God was speaking to you, or if you've ever felt like a, a sense of God's presence, or like you felt like, wow, I don't know what happened, but in that service or when we're in that group, I felt the love of God in a way I've never felt before. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that makes God real to us. Um, the Apostle Paul put it this way in Romans 5. He says that God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Eugene Peterson, who translated the New, the, the New Testament and called the message, he said, there aren't enough containers for all the things that God wants to pour into your life through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one, is, the, is a person, a divine person, the third person in the Trinity, who brings us into a relationship with God and pours out the love of God into our life. The Holy Spirit is a person. We would also say that the Holy Spirit is present. You know, if you open up your Bible to the very first uh, page on, in, the, in the Scripture in Genesis, we, you read this passage where it says that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And it's this image of a, actually of a mother bird, like a mother eagle, hovering over her young. The Spirit of God hovering there over the waters, beckoning the creation to come into existence. And as you continue through the Old Testament, you see that the Spirit of God would come powerfully on different people um, throughout the history of Israel. Um, the Holy Spirit would come upon um, leaders like Moses and David and, and, and some of the prophets. Um, but it was only for a select few. But then there was a prophet named Joel who came along and said, I had a vision of the future, and it was this. You see it here on the screen. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. You notice that? Like men or women. Your old men will dream dreams. Um, your young men will see visions. So it's not just um, for young people or old people. 
even on my servants. So there's even a sense of class here too. Both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And then you turn to the New Testament in Acts chapter 2 and we read about the day of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit came upon people in a powerful way and they began to prophesy, they spoke in tongues, and, and people were finding their way back to God. And so what was once only reserved for a limited few was given to all. Now, theologians call this the democratization of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that sounds like a really big, fancy theological word, but I hope you just hear like a really simple word in there. Do you hear the word democracy? Like democratization just means that you're introducing democratic principles somewhere, like in a society or in a country or in a group of people. And, and so the, the Holy Spirit has been poured out to everyone without distinction, young or old, men or women, high class, low class. The Holy Spirit is for you and for me, that God is, is with us just as Jesus promised, that he is a live-in tutor who wants to pour God's love into your life. The Holy Spirit is present. And the Holy Spirit also provides power. So just before Jesus ascended um, to heaven, uh, he said this to his disciples, you will receive power. In Acts chapter 1, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I know that we could probably talk about what that means, like talking about power and all the things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. I mean, if it's truly um, like every container that you have in your house, if we receive from God, then there's no way that we can cover all of that. Uh, but what I want to talk about on uh, something really um, narrow um, here today, and it's simply this, that the Spirit empowers us, the Spirit empowers God's people to follow Jesus in the ways of his kingdom. And so here's how I want to demonstrate that. Um, if you could think about your life and um, your life in Christ, your life as a follower of Jesus in his kingdom, um, we could have it, uh, we could illustrate it with this balloon. Um, let's see the orange balloon first. Or the, it's orange-ish, pink. Yeah, okay. All right, thank you, John. All right, so if you think about your life as this balloon, and you're, you're trying to follow after Jesus. And so um, you might think about um, how you might be powered in the way that you try to follow Jesus. You, so it might be like, like your thoughts and your decisions, your activity for God. So you might be like, well, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to get in my small group. I'm going to serve on a team. I'm going to volunteer for Gift Mart. I'm going to want to be generous. And, and you're always just kind of keeping that up in the air while you're also maybe juggling other things that you're trying to do in your life. Um, but what you're always trying to do is trying to keep this balloon from falling on the ground, um, maybe because it's hot lava or something. Um, but th this can be kind of an exhausting way to live the Christian life when we're trying to live it um, powered by just our own devices and our own energy. Um, but what we see in the New Testament is a very different idea. So I got a different um, balloon here. 
I'll just narrow. All right. I had brought two just in case one popped. Um, but what we see in the New Testament is that um, there's this promise of power that, that the Holy Spirit would come upon us and would power us in a very different way, that, that we would be powered by the Spirit. The word spiritual, every time that's used in the New Testament is to talk about a life that is, is being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And when we're, our lives are powered by the Holy Spirit, it's not all about a bunch of exhaustive or exhausting religious activity. Is that? All right. I hope we don't, <laughs> hope we don't get in trouble for that one. Um, I, I love the way that N.T. Wright puts this. Um, when he talks about the power that we receive from the Holy Spirit, look, look what he says in his commentary on this. He says, what God's people are promised is power. And the word here in Greek is dynamis, which, we, which is where we get the word dynamite. We need that power, just as Jesus' first followers did. If we or they are to be his witnesses, to find ways of announcing to the world that he is already its rightful king and lord. That's what the Holy Spirit is for, to empower us to live the way of Jesus. But, you know, I don't suppose we'll be in trouble for too long because you know what's going to happen to that, that balloon with helium in it, right? It's going to, I don't know what was actually happening. Maybe somebody here who knows more about helium than I do, um, it's going to come down, right? The helium's going to leak and... Um, it's gonna gonna fall, and I think that's kind of true of us as as Christians. Like, there's no such thing as like, well, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and now it's all like floating from here on out. Like, like I think we we leak the Holy Spirit, and we have to continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Apostle Paul says, he says, "Don't be drunk on wine; be filled with the Holy Spirit." He's saying, keep on letting yourself be filled with the Spirit of God every single day, all the time. Open yourselves up to the power that God wants to pour into your life through the Holy Spirit. And, and one of the dominant images is, is simply walking. Like, how do we do that? How, do we, how, do we, how are we filled with the Holy Spirit? Is, is that we walk with God. All right, look at a few of these passages here on the screen. Um, the image is, is to walk with God, to be led by the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit. And all of that is, is circling around this really simple idea of living with dependence, living with dependence on the Holy Spirit. And I would say it's a little bit like um, walking with the Spirit is a little bit like just walking in the park with a friend. Have you ever done this? Like I remember one time I'm walking with my son in the mall, and he's just on my arm here, holding on to my hand, and he's, I mean, when he was little, he's 6'4 now, um, but I remember he was just jumping, and only jumping on the squares that are dark, right, in the mall, and, and I can just feel him on my arm there, and we're just, we are not talking, I'm just, we're just enjoying each other's presence. I think that, that when we walk with God, it's a little bit like that. But what happens is that 
we, we get busy and we, we, we kind of crowd out the presence of God in our lives. Or we think that maybe we're not worthy of God. Or we find some other um, thing that just, uh, or we just forget. Like we just forget to connect with God. And so we sort of um, drop hands with the Holy Spirit. We're not walking with the Spirit. We end up walking on our own. And what the Holy Spirit wants to do, the Holy Spirit is always aware of us, is always present with us, and is always just kind of reaching out the Spirit's hand to just say, hey, come take my hand. Come walk with me. Come be filled with my, my presence. Come be filled with my power so that we can do this life together. And I think if we were to do that, I think we'd see that our lives would be transformed. So John mentioned Alpha earlier in our service today. And Alpha, I like to say, is a place where people can come and realize that we're all a bunch of people who don't have it figured out and we're figuring it out together. And one of the things that we do um, in Alpha is we have a... Uh, several sessions where we talk about the Holy Spirit. And, and I guess I like to think about the Christian life is you know, the Christian life and faith and all the things that we're trying to teach you about and understand and live out. It's like this big jigsaw puzzle. And I often find that when we come and, and are filled with the Holy Spirit, that's sort of like, oh, I, that was like a really big piece that we just got put in right in the middle. And now all of this is beginning to make sense to me. And I remember on one of our Alpha weekends, we actually were doing this um, online during the middle of the pandemic, and we were praying for people to receive the Holy Spirit. And there was a a young lady, um, her name was Katie, and she actually lives in Texas, and our team is there, and they pray for her, and she begins to weep and begins to, to tremble and she has no idea what's going on in her life. And we're like, well, that's, that's the love of God being poured into your heart through the Holy Spirit. And I remember the next week when our team was gathered together after we had finished Alpha for the, the night, uh, our team always would hang around and do a little bit of a debrief. And um, she was there, and she kind of hung around with us. And I said to, to Katie, I said, hey, um, we're going to debrief here in a little bit. Do you want to join us? And she just said, you know what? You guys have no idea what this, what this whole thing has meant to me. This, this whole experience has changed my life, and I just want to be around you guys. <laughs> and and I, to me, I think that's a, a picture of what it looks like for us, if we would allow ourselves to be filled with the Holy Spirit, like not just individually, like we want that, but also like if we could, could build a community of people where the Holy Spirit is filling us, th- then I think what will happen is that the lonely will find a place to belong. Uh, people who are far from God will come to faith in him. People who have been forgotten or thrown away, the marginalized, those who have no hope, as we sang in just a little bit ago, those that have experienced uh, the, the ruins of their life will be restored. And so I want to suggest a practice, 
a prayer to you. It's a simple prayer. And it's simply to pray, come Holy Spirit. And I want to challenge you this week to pray this prayer. Come Holy Spirit. we're, We're basically just saying, come right into my life right now. And in, rekindle in me a love for you, God, and for your people and for your ways. And I just want to say, like, what if you prayed like this when you got up in the morning? Come, Holy Spirit. Before you had breakfast, on your way out the door, when you sit down to do email, come, Holy Spirit. And then give space in your life to hear from God. So let's do that. I want to do that right now. I'm going to ask for the Holy Spirit to come here in the room. And and then I'm just going to be silent for 30 seconds. And we're just going to hear from the Spirit. We're going to receive from the Spirit whatever God wants to give to us today. And I want to invite you, if, if maybe there's something that stirs in you and you would like prayer after the service, our prayer team will be right up front. They'd love to pray with you. But let's do that right now. So, God, we ask that you would come right now. Come, Holy Spirit. I want to pray over us as a community. Prayer is on the screen if you would like to pray with me. Come, Holy Spirit. Would you sweep into our lives with holy disruption, upending anything that is not of your kingdom? Give us vision for the work you invite us into and your Spirit's power to accomplish those things. We thank you for the amazing gift of your Spirit in us. Amen.